वेलकम टू इंडिया फर्स्ट एंड एवरी वन फेवरेट साइकिलिंग पॉडकास्ट हिट द रोड आई एम रोहन ठकार थैंक यू फॉर टेकिंग आउट टाइम एंड गेटिंग इंग्रॉस्ड इन कॉन्वर्सेशन दैट विल मेक यू अ वाइसर साइकिलिस्ट फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल टू ऑल माई रेगुलर लिसनर्स थैंक यू फॉर बींग पेशेंट एंड वेटिंग फॉर वन होल मंथ फॉर दिस एपिसोड एंड येस फ्रॉम नाउ ऑन वील बी रेगुलरली अपलोडिंग एन एपिसोड एवरी ट्यूजडे सो Make sure you subscribe to Hit the Road on your favorite podcasting app like uh, Savan, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, coming to today's episode, we have with us Divya Tate. Yes, she's back on the show. And uh, for those of you who don't know who she is, she is the founder of Inspire India Races, which conducts India's best ultra cycling races like the Deccan Cliffhanger and the recently held Great Himalayan Ultra, which is also the world's highest race and is completed this year by Kabir Rachure who is also a ram finisher yeah give some cheer guys and Sumit Patel they both have successfully finished that gruesome race she is also the representative of Audax India that conducts the major randonneuring events in the country to the Audax Parisian club based in Paris Today we are going to speak about the much coveted and revered BRM PBP Paris Brave Paris the 1200 kilometers of beautiful stretches of the countryside of France a route which every cyclist wants to attempt at least once in their lifetime more than 6000 cyclists across the globe come together to ride the beautiful countryside of France and this time 319 people from India are going so what are we waiting for let's get in the conversation and let us know everything that one needs to know about PBP Hi Divya welcome back to Hit the Road how are you doing I'm good thanks uh, Rohan for having me uh, here again It's great to have you back and uh, I think last two episodes you were the guest and now again you are here it's great to have your insights and um it's a very special episode today because we are going to speak about Paris Brest Paris Paris are kya bolte usko Paris Brest so the, even Paris, the breast is not pronounced Paris, fully is Paris Brest Paris or just PBP is fine Yeah, PB is fine because the grammar <laughs> Nazis are going to kill me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the... yes, let's stick to PBP, and it's a it's a event uh, rather than an event. I would call it a festival of four cyclists, which happens every once in every four years, and. Yeah. Uh, you are el presidente of uh, Audax <laughs> India so uh, basically the maibap of ultra cycling i always say that because i like saying that <laughs> so uh, so devya what is the hype about pbp why is it so popular or uh, why is it so revered so, across um, the world so yeah so there is definitely a hype about uh, uh, pvp so pvp just to give you a little background it's an event which started 120 something years back and uh, it's one of the oldest cycling events in the world that is still being conducted wow. uh, in the sense that it's still regularly being conducted except for maybe a small interruption for the world wars and things perhaps i'm not very sure other than that this event has been uh, conducted for uh, you know a century or more and um, now the uh, the whole event has gained in such a lot of popularity not just in india but around the world that there are 
around 6000 plus cyclists from around the globe who are going to be there to attempt 1230 odd kilometers uh in the french countryside and uh, the so there is you know that is the hype in india of course there's a lot of buzz around it in the cycling circles in the long distance and the ultra cycling circles so uh, i remember last time when we were having conversation with superwoman in cycling almost half of them yeah. are going to participate in pvp that's right there's about uh, 13 uh, or 14 women from india who are planning to uh, attempt uh, pvp this year and how many uh, in total are going this time about uh, total uh, participants from india are 319 are the ones who have registered okay uh, out of that we've been having so a huge amount of my struggle in the last few weeks has been uh, related to visa issues mm. um this has been my experience now for since 2011 okay that uh, the french uh, consulate in india is sort of unwilling to believe that indian people actually want to go to france to cycle 1200 and something kilometers uh of their own free will so <laughs> so we face this like time and again in 2011 we had a huge issue with visas being rejected mm-hmm. and uh, back then i had to actually take a written guarantee in the consulate for what well it was a written guarantee that five or six of my fellow participants would come back that we were genuinely going for this cycling event and that we were going to that everybody was going to come back so they they gave the visas to these five six people on, on a guarantee that they will come back to india and report to the consulate and uh, i also uh, compiled their uh, returns because it was in my passport it was printed in my passport that uh, i've taken this so this was 2011 then in 2015 uh again we had the same issue and now 2019 and i thought okay you know there's like 300 plus people who are applying how can the consulate believe that we are like these people have qualified and done all their work out here for what but we've had visa rejections and i've been working day and night to uh, write out letters and you know get in touch with the consulate and Audax Club Paris has also been trying to get in touch through diplomatic circles and like tell them that look this is actually happening. In fact, uh, so what do you feel is yeah, they should be supporting it more. So I think um the consulates here are not very aware of the event. Ah. So uh, it's been now three times that I have had to actually provide information about their own event <laughs> to them. that such a thing happens in france people know about tour yes. de france but because there's a when you talk about hype like that's next level of hype of course <laughs> pbb is nothing in front of that I'm sure <laughs> so people know about you know so they don't like the consulates out here and the people who work in the consulates here i don't even know much about the event they can't believe that people in india are training for yes. two years to yes. go for pbb so Yeah. I hope they know this time because 319 is not a small number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you were there in 2011. What was your experience like? So, yeah. So I think uh, for me, uh the whole PBP was like a moment of mm-hmm. epiphany. 
um as i've mentioned in you know previous yes. uh, episodes uh, where we've spoken about cycling and things i've been cycling for uh, like 20 25 or more years and now years 37 years and um <laughs> <laughs> yeah since 1992 mm-hmm. whatever the maths mm-hmm. is do the math <laughs> so the yeah so the thing is that uh for the first 17 or 18 years there wasn't anything going on with respect to cycling in india like it was not mainstream nobody rode and stuff so in 2010 when the first brm was conducted in india was the first time that i was actually participating in an event after 18 years of just riding on my own in the countryside doing my thing 2010 was the first time that you know i took part in an event i met fellow randoneers and i understood what it is to be a part of like a community in cycling and from that grew my own interest in attempting pbp so i became the first woman from uh, india to qualify by becoming a the first woman super randoneer and uh, then we went to pbp and like frankly we knew nothing but that event was it it just blew my mind it was a transformational event to see how much cycling is valued uh, in france and to see uh, you know what kind of an interest that event attracts from around the world so in that year there were over 5000 yes. participants from around 40 countries and people in in the countryside in france come out to uh, receive the riders they're there day and night standing with uh, coffee cake soup or just cheering you you know people are actually cheering you for the 600 kilometers out and back for some of them will be there for 2 3 days and nights you know they open up their homes if you want to go to the washroom so it was uh, it was that uh, event just transformed my whole idea about cycling and that was something that um i wanted to bring back and share that with people in india about how a community can connect through this long distance uh, riding and so i i'm i'm a big uh, fan of the whole cultural element of uh, pbp and of audax club and of randoneering now that you are saying no doubt the consulate was doubting that few people would come back <laughs> well i hope they're listening to this <laughs> indeed indeed the culture the route uh, coming to the route uh, how was the route and what was the route so the route uh, is very tough compared to most of the brevets that we do in india most of the brevets for various reasons across our terrain in india we uh, uh don't face the kind of difficulty level that they do it's not just in the uh, percentage climbing elevation gain but uh it's rolling terrain it's there's no mountains but it's uh, constantly rolling so it it uh, i think we have a few areas in india which uh, emulate that kind of countryside uh but for most people and you know it the terrain can be really tough so briefly to just visit uh, some numbers as far as uh, successfully finishing pbp goes in the first uh, year in 2011 when we went we were 15 of us from india and only two people successfully finished in time that's about 12% and uh, one more person finished but he was outside of time <laughs> 
and all of us including myself we we you know we failed somewhere along the way and we uh, had to stop because we were too slow or whatever and um, in 2015 those numbers had grown to uh, over 30% out of the 60 people who participated a little more than uh, 20 or about 20 finished and um, this year with 300 so uh, and this is the kind of uh, graph that most new countries follow so in 2011 we were we had just started doing breves less than like a year back so not much experience and at that time we didn't even get that kind of equipment and gear and stuff in india um and we had we knew nothing very frankly in 2015 the whole community the randonneuring community in india had matured a little bit more so obviously our numbers improved and uh, this year hopefully we should have a, a more of a improvement in that because now people have been training for um, you know four years or more to get ready for pbp they've been also doing something that really helps which is to travel across the country and do breves in different parts of the country experience different climate different terrain so you're mentally prepared for whatever the uh, uh, route or the terrain throws at you you know so i think this year we'll have of course you know pbp's best uh, success percentage is around uh, 70% oh, that's still a lot mm. the, uh, like mm. out of the total number of mm-hmm. participants uh it's somewhere between uh, uh, i think the be- best that they've ever had is a little over 70% maybe uh finish so yeah so the terrain is tough uh, the climate uh, sorry the climate also can be a challenge uh, which adds to that whole scenario you know hmm so uh, talking about the terrain uh, can we compare it with the ultra spice route yeah well the yeah i think the ultra spice route uh, for a large part of the ultra spice route would be similar in terms of rolling mm. and twisting on country roads um so yeah it could be it is it, it does have some similarities there i think the stretch on the coastline yeah. is the flattest mm. part of the ultra spice route and um, terrain wise that's the easier the the, the, the challenge on that section yes. is the climate yes it's hot and humid mm-hmm. great so um talking about the failure rate what what are some strategy uh, strategies that one can apply to be successful in finishing it uh so you know now uh like a lot of training and a lot of preparation for each participant would have already gone yes. in we are like just two weeks away from start so at this point people should actually be tapering off and uh, getting start to just uh, rest and prepare themselves uh, for yep. the challenge um so since pvp requires qualification and pre qualification uh, obviously people have been riding and they've had to have done the entire super randonneur series 200 300 400 and 600 to be able to qualify for pvp a large number of the people who are uh, participating have also done 1000 or 1200 at some point uh, not all but quite a few so as that you know prepares you for the uh, for pvp uh, 
strategy wise i think it's best for people to follow what uh has been working for them not to attempt to do anything new in terms of uh, change anything uh in their equipment or clothes or diet or anything so it's all whatever has been tried and tested is what you now put into play during pvp and uh, have a plan basically this is something which i also tell during my uh, ultra race seminars and things that basically they should by this time uh, have formed a plan of which takes care of their sleep their riding their meals and you know have an idea of what time they plan to reach each control point take a look at the terrain so that you know uh, how things how you are likely to uh, perform on that terrain and uh, have a strategy in place and one of the most important things is not to lose time when you're off the saddle when you're not riding your all the participants should be just optimizing their off saddle time to make sure that it's replenishing them either food or sleep or hydration uh, any time off the bike should be spent doing this uh, it's easy to get swayed in pvp to do time pass because the countryside is gorgeous and uh the people are so friendly and they cheer you and so it's easy to just get like swayed with that so i remember speaking with uh, bharat in one of the episodes where he was saying that the last few kilometers are always the ones which standing uh, have to do it <laughs> that's But, true um, of all ultra uh, ultra cycling ultra running everything there's a, up to a point you have to have some physical uh, abilities and uh, strength and your training focuses around that but finally what's going to be able to uh, you know push you through the discomfort is your mind just telling you not to break down <laughs> hmm hmm so uh, talking about sleep management can you say a few things about it that how can one optimize the sleep uh, recovery period um so um the thing is that in a event like pvp as in a lot of other ultra events sleep deprivation is a given so you're there's no avoiding that <laughs> fast or slow or whatever you are going to be sleep deprived and a your there should have been some training for sleep deprivation before you go in like while you've been preparing and doing 400 and 600 or longer rides some amount of uh, preparation for sleep deprivation takes place in that and uh, then the thing is that to get as much not be in a sleep deficit when you start the event when you start the uh, pvp when the clock starts you should already have had a good amount of sleep you should not be sleep deprived at that point that's a little difficult to manage because um a there's going to be some amount of jet lag uh and b is excitement you know it's such an exciting event to be there in the middle of so many fellow randoneers and like you're listening to so many different languages from around the country and you're seeing different kind of uh, equipment and different kinds of even the jerseys are so attractive and you want to look at them and you want to take photographs and you want to interact with people from around the world so there is excitement and that excitement is also you know uh, leads you to not be able to sleep very restfully before the event even starts of course there's nervousness also so nervous anxiety excitement may 
uh, it's possible to lose sleep. So I would just really recommend to people that try to stay calm before and try to get your sleep before you even start. Once you start, you should have, you know, your body cycle. You have to know what is a good time to uh, sleep for two, three hours so that when you wake up, you're fresh for the next uh, uh, sort of day and uh, yes. maybe with a couple of, uh, uh, you know, naps or something. Uh, but uh, for sure in uh, ultra races, uh, in a non-stop ultra race, like say Deccan Cliffhanger or something, uh, you have to push through your sleep deprivation. You can uh, get your sleep for a little mm -hmm. while, but it's what is called a non-stop. But uh, in something that goes yes. on for more than two days, you want to be able to settle into a pattern where you are giving your body and mind some amount of sleep, uh, not denying it, because if you push and deny it, it's going to, uh, you know, have an adverse effect in some time. And, uh, and take power naps and just uh, keep moving uh, through the day so that you get some good, uh, one good rest halt and a few cat naps now and again. People going to Europe, the road, riding on that road, it's a treat. Um, over that, the culture which is there for cycling, people supporting. So, and keeping all those distractions aside, there's a goal of finishing it. But uh, one should enjoy the ride. So, how? what can one do to enjoy the ride to the fullest? How can they enjoy it? Oh, they will all enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no... I mean, like, even if there's, go there's going to be some amount of pain and mm. discomfort and cold and everything, but there's, like, I can't, I don't know what it will, it could be that somebody would say, oh, I didn't enjoy myself mm. because everything over there is, like, out to sort of support you. Yes. And it, it's a, it's like, a, it is a celebration, mm. you know, it's like a, it's a big international uh, kumbh mela yes. of cycling yes. so what's not to enjoy <laughs> absolutely so yeah. what are your some of the yeah. awesome moments at PVP mm -hmm. um yeah I think I mean the con I, I'm, I'm finding it hard to say pick one or two things but I think on the whole the countryside is gorgeous you're on country roads uh, you know small roads not like very often over here for BRMs in India, we get stuck on highways and where sometimes the focus over here can be on just doing the distance. And so we may have routes which are not attractive, but it's just about doing the distance. But over there, the route is just beautiful. And uh, it's also historic, the event, because it's been there for so long that there are people who ha who have homes on the route who have for generations, like for three or four generations, the family has come out and cheered riders once in four years. They come out and, you know, uh, support, cheers, they stand through the night. So I think if I had to pick uh, one moment and say that this is what really made me feel so thrilled to be a, pa a part of PBP, was cycling through some of the villages at like 2 or 3 a.m. And it's cold and it's dark. I'm uncomfortable and I'm like questioning why I'm doing anything at all, why I'm here. And then, you know, I'll there'll be a little street light and I'll, there'll be a group of people standing there 
cheering me and offering coffee or soup or something at like 2 a.m. in a misty foggy night to have people standing out there to do this so I think that for me was the most precious moment uh, in PBB I'm sure it was and I'm sure a lot of people everyone who will be doing it will experience this and will cherish that moment yeah yeah on the closing note uh, how can you compare it with the uh, LEL compared with LEL so to be honest I have not been to LEL and I have not seen the route but um, I know the London Edinburgh uh, London uh, the event organizer Daniel I've met him over uh, a few years now he at Paris Brest and he's come to India uh, to Goa to attempt a, a brevet and uh, you know we We've chatted a lot about his event. So the approaches of the two events are slightly different. Uh, LEL is also very tough. Um, not about the distance, but the, the route itself of LEL is very tough. I think terrain and weather of the two of them, for us from India, they're probably similar and similarly uh, difficult. Um, LEL, from what I know and understand, um, the control points offer... Uh, like Daniel and his team, they make a, uh, they offer food and a lot of other things, sleeping arrangements at the control points. Uh, but what you don't see at LEL is so many people out on the road. Uh, like the whole, the mm. countryside is not involved. The, the culture the whole, is. Mm. Yeah, so that, that is come. maybe. Mm. LEL is not so old an event also. So maybe that will come with time. And uh, and the number of people in PBP, obviously, you know, you've got like 6,000 people. So, uh, yeah, uh, LEL can only manage a smaller number, I think. So, uh, those are broadly, but yeah, both of them are great events and uh, to meet up with uh, fellow randomers from around the world. Awesome. Thank yeah. you for chatting with me, Divya. Thanks for coming once okay. again. Thank you for Always having me. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Listening to Divya talk about PBP, definitely it has made my mind watering. And I'm sure all you cycling enthusiasts have also started <laughs> dreaming about riding on those roads. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, do let us know what you think about this episode. And also, if you have not listened to our previous episodes, please, please do listen to it. There's a lot of valuable content which can make you a better rider. If you want to get notified about such content coming up make sure you subscribe to hit the road on your favorite podcasting apps like uh, Savan, spotify apple podcast google podcast and uh, if you are an apple user do rate to us on itunes or apple podcast so that uh, it helps other cycling enthusiasts to get to know about this podcast and get better fitter and stronger at cycling till then this is me rohan thank you signing off and you shall hear me next tuesday